0: It's day four on a Monday with a man, Frank
1: Scalish. It's day four on day one in the before the noon hour.
0: It happens sometimes. Sometimes you got to do a little moving. You got to do a little shaking. And we gave you a recorded show last week. So we decided we're going to come at you with back-to-back BTLs. Kyle Patrick in the first segment with a regularly scheduled BTL programming. And then we're coming back with a uh, camouflage-clad Uncle Frank on December 18th.
1: I'm in my duck camo.
0: <laughs> duck camo. That's a, we talked about that before. Duck hunting is, to me is A, an incredible amount of skill, B, an incredible amount of luck for C, a really freaking short season.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No doubt about it. And the fun part about that is the last few times I was out fishing was in the heart of the duck season. And I'm fishing and these guys are shooting all over the lake.
0: (laughs) There is uh, very few things that you will encounter on the lake angrier uh, than a duck hunter that is set up in a patch of reeds that you would like to flip.
1: Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that us moving around keeps the birds flying. So they keep they get shooting all day.
0: Yeah, but moving around in other areas, you don't want to be moving around in an area where you want the flying ducks to land.
1: No, I have a I have a crazy bass boat duck story. And Frankie well, let's just
0: fire things up right now with all it. All right. And
1: so Frankie was with me. So we're on this lake. And the 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 there's blinds on the lake, but they're they're numbered blinds. You can't just randomly go there and set up a blind. Um they're they're state blinds. So pretty much on every point is a blind and on every point there's a pocket okay so it's a point and then the pocket a point and then a pocket and so on the points there's duck blinds we're screaming down the lake and i mean we're screaming down the lake and i'm and all the ducks are out where i'm running and as i'm running i'm the birds are flying in front of me and so i'm running and there's a whole flock of ducks between me and the bank they get up and they start flying and they're flying pretty much even with the boat I is where this going. Is going dude these guys in this duck blind uh, unleash the mother load and we're driving and i go holy shit frank they're gonna they're gonna be shooting to to us dude you know because they're I
0: mean? parallel with the boat
1: The ducks are flying right boat, like head level. Yeah, you got lead coming at you. And dude, Frankie turns around and all you saw is a duck fall out of the sky. Another duck fall (laughs) out of the sky. You know, then I obviously I got in front of the birds at that point. These guys were laying them down dude, (laughs) and we were watching them fall out of the sky, dude. It was unbelievable.
0: Kind of cool, but a little disconcerting as well. Yeah, it was
1: a little, you know, I've been, uh, I've been peppered with pellets, many a duck hunting day, um, really? in, in my bass boat. Yeah.
0: See, yeah. I've never really experienced that. I've been yelled at several yeah. times.
1: Oh yeah. I, I was peppered to the point where my, non. this was during a bass master event in Florida, my non-boater and both my non-boater and I got in the, in the hole of the bass boat and the pellets were going all around the boat you know, in the water. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously they were, the pellets were on the way, the trajectory yeah. was on yeah. the way down. So I don't think not anything would have happened to us because it didn't even, you know, penetrate the boat. Um, but, it, they, but they were there, they were bouncing off the boat and everything. So I yell at the guys, I go, Hey, we're fishing over here. And you, and it's dead quiet. And you hear, Hey, we're hunting over here. <laughs> I said, "Okay, I'm out."
0: <laughs> There's nothing that'll make your throat, uh, heart jump into your throat than when you're fishing and everything's cop and then you're just suddenly amongst the decoys. Oh yeah. And you don't even realize it. And you yeah. just look you're like, "Oh, those aren't real." Yeah, that's And a you bad know gig. someone's looking at you with a loaded weapon.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a bad gig. <laughs> That's fun. So you had a lot of fun, I understand.
0: Yeah. Uh Pro Bass Adventures Mexico trip was uh last week. We got there. I think we left Saturday. We fished Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Flew back Friday. Was in uh oh, I got a cowskin rug on Saturday from uh the Fort Worth stockyards, 10 foot cowskin rug, really a nice accent piece to the living room. Perfect. Uh, got everything ready to go yesterday and here we are today so it seems like 10 minutes ago i was out on el salto just casting catching counting and mounting
1: that's but so it was crazy
0: yeah uh yeah i, I think we could do a little you want to do a little recap of of, of yeah, the, let's do it. yeah yeah
1: i'm curious dude so yeah I'm um at,
0: I'm at. so We'll start with the thing, which was my nervousness was like getting there, right? Like I'd never been through like customs outside of Canada where, you know, they're like, hey, you bring anything sketchy in. You're like, oh. you're like no. And they're like, all right, have fun. Enjoy. Enjoy time with our friendly neighbors to the north. So it's real simple going into Canada. I've done it since I was little, but I right. had like a phobia of going into any other country because I just I'd never been through customs or anything. So. I fly straight from Dallas to Mazatlan. Super easy. You get off the plane. They give you a little piece of paper. You fill it out. I had a little roll of tobacco, which everyone's like, I don't declare that. Like it's no big deal. But I wanted to make sure I was above board. So you know, you you get everything, you show your passport, super easy. And then you just walk through and they're like, ah, tobacco. And he said, Yeah, I got five rolls. So I got searched, all my bags and stuff. And they're like, That's it. And they said, Yeah. They had a dog sniffing everything. Guess what he was sniffing for? He was a fruit dog. <laughs> he was, for fruit. It was making sure we weren't <laughs> smuggling any bananas into Mexico. And he oh went through God. everything and sniffed everything for fruit. All they cared about going into Mexico was that there was no American fruit headed into Mexico.
1: Is that what? What's the story behind that? Do we have some bug here? that I have that can no, wreck I have their no crop.
0: idea. But I mean, he had a vest on. He said like La Fruta something on, on the thing. It had like a that mean like they were set up. There was no produce that was getting through. And you run everything through, and then uh and they were there right there. You go out, it says Pro Bass Adventures on the van. You jump in the van. You're an hour and a half drive, and then bam.
1: You're off to the lake.
0: Yeah, you're at you're at El Salto. Uh super mellow, super easy. It the terrain. It's been a minute since you've been down there, right, Frank?
1: Yeah. Several years. Alone. The terrain Probably.
0: reminds me of a mixture of Colorado and like central Illinois or Indiana. Yeah. It, now, obviously there's the, the stores and all that stuff are a little bit different. And the little towns that you go through, um, you know, there's different. a lot of open air living because it's, it's warm there. And a lot of them work their ass off 24, seven, seven yep. days a week out in the field. So, you know, you're not going through like quaint little villages. You're going through people that are working for a living.
1: Gravity fed water on the roof.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But felt incredibly safe. Got there literally the minute we got there, margaritas, lunch, got all of our stuff. It was super easy. And then we were in the boat Sunday morning. And the one thing that I did was uh and i told i think i told you last week before i went that i was going to keep track of this was i got one of those mlf scales Mm -hmm. actually juice newton my buddy Jarrett gave it to me gifted it to me um expensive scale sort of like that was you know calibrated certified i wanted to know exactly how many four pounders we put our hands on a little bit amateur hour yeah i don't care but i wanted to know over five days over 10 fishing sessions how many four pounders because it's easy to lose track you know it
1: is over there, it is for sure.
0: And you know, you get guys. Oh, we caught a. You know, we caught tons of fives, fours, fives, and sixes. Well, did you put a scale on them? No. Oh. Like how many? I don't know. You can't even count. So I a wanted to count, and B wanted to know.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: So on my phone, I started from day one. Here, I'll pull it up. I'll show you right now. This is going to be psycho. Here's, I'll just scroll through because then I've got the numbers, and I teased it on the earlier show, but this is the first show that I've actually talked about it. Look at this. Okay. There's every four-pounder that we caught of every session, when we caught it, and whether I caught it or Darren caught it. That's who What's I fished with, my buddy Darren.
1: What's the grand total?
0: Uh <sighs> Five days of fishing. So you get out. You, they they knock on your door at five, five in the morning, five exactly, like on the dot. Do do do. Good morning. Coffee's outside. And orange juice is outside. Take a shower. Get ready. Go down. Eat. You're in the boat at six o'clock. You fish six to noon. Then you come in. You do lunch. You take a siesta. Then you go two to dark or one thirty to dark. So it's about a nine hour day. Uh, which I thought I'd be like, I don't know, I don't want to stop for lunch. You're ready to stop for lunch. It's a great time. Uh gray in total for the week. So that is uh nine hours a day for five days, two people in the boat. We caught ninety-three.
1: <laughs>
0: what? What are you laughing at? Ninety-three
1: fish over four pounds. We caught
0: this is this gets even wackier. We caught 93 bass scaled over four pounds. 60 of the 93 were over five pounds. Oh my God. 19 were over six. Five were over seven. uh, Six were over seven. One was over eight and one was over nine.
1: That is a grand slam fest.
0: So that averages out I love numbers that averages out to roughly eight, 18.6 bass over 4 pounds per day if you're fishing 9 hours with 2 anglers in the boat that's 2 fish over 4 pounds per hour which means uh, you're catching every minute that we were on the water fishing we caught a 4 pounder uh, every 30 minutes from the time we got there till the time we stopped
1: that is fantastic. <laughs> and that's not, dude, that's not including the three pounders and the two pounders.
0: No, and th- there we probably, so here's what, here's what we averaged. We, we averaged, I think a four pounder for every 12 fish that we caught is about what we came up with, uh, because you could get on flats and catch pre-spawn males in the two to three and a half pound range, literally every 10 cranks, right? Like you couldn't like there was a time one evening where we wanted to go throw a big top water but we were on a flat and I told Darren I was like just don't catch any for five minutes and we'll leave we'll go throw top water so we have a shot at like a ten because we were on a flat we catch we could not we could not not catch them like if we cast we had it did not matter whether we were throwing a jig a Carolina rig a trap anything we. I'd be like, son of a gun. I got one. He'd be like, like, I got one too. We'd be like, maybe they cut. No, we just doubled up. We probably had 30, 40 doubles. I had one day where I caught two doubles during the day. I caught one on or two on one trap, three quarter ounce trap. And then I did bring an Alabama rig just to see how stupid it got. I think I made eight casts with an Alabama rig and I caught 10 fish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, that's, that's insanity, dude it is that's an epic that's an epic bass fishing vacation now
0: out of the uh out of the 60 over five pounds half of those over half of those came on top water is it was an epic uh a saltwater spook uh a vixen uh the magnum pop bar what was that color that that lure net dropped a while ago it's like a weird clownish color it was like in the mag pop bar
1: oh my
0: gosh it was um, like a lure net exclusive juice had one he gave it to me and i had like numerous six pounders that just deleted the thing
1: i'm trying to th- i can't think of the color name
0: anyway uh biggest fish of the trip came on the first day uh 5.8 kitek big swim bait ounce head 22 pound Sunline 7.6 extra heavy rod Just was like someone cut it With a pair of scissors I'm caught up to it Jammed it I mean my whole side right Here bruised. is bruised I thought I had ligament damage In my last two fingers by the end of the <laughs> Trip I was holding the reel Like palming the reel Like this like no fingers on the Trigger at all because it hurts so bad I have a permanent Lump in between my little Thing like right here like right here, can you see that right there? Yeah, That yeah. is That is a permanent lump with potentially permanent ligament damage. <laughs> <laughs> that is from catching so many fish. Anyway, uh, I jammed it. I thought I was stuck in a tree. It came up. It was a nine four. Uh, a couple nights later, it's dark. We're right outside the uh, the where the lodge was at Pro Bass Adventures. Walking a saltwater spook. I walk it. I feel, you know, I hear a hoosh, Set the hook, it doesn't move. It's an 8 9 on top. Oh uh, my god. The last morning we made one pass down a bank and we caught 6 over 6 uh in about 25 minutes all on top.
1: That's that, that's insanity. 150 that fish
0: it. days, great food, great accommodations, felt 100% safe. So
1: that's fabulous, dude. That, that it, it was water, unreal, dude. That saltwater spook is completely underrated in the freshwater game.
0: Yeah, so I went straight to the pop bar on the last day because I had one, and it wasn't. It was probably six and a half. Uh, flushed the saltwater spook. Ripped the saltwater spook split ring off of the bait with what? the 2X treble hooks. That's how many freaking crazy big fish came on that saltwater spook. It was, oh it was wild, dude. It was so much fun. Did not catch a single fish on a crankbait, did not catch a single fish on a Texas rig. Caught them all on a swim bait and a topwater and a three-quarter ounce trap.
1: How much fun is that,
0: man? It does it does not get any, any more fun. It is it is a bucket, like it is a bucketless trip. Plus, then if you look at my Instagram, it look like it is serious Alaska vibes. There's mountains all around. Yeah. The sunsets are. uh, It's embarrassing to post sunset pictures on Instagram Because it looks like you filtered it out It looks like you're like orange all the way up Shading all the way up You know those like fake sunset pics that some people post Oh yeah Like you're you're, like making it look less dramatic Than it actually is in person
1: Well you can't It's like Look at that With your cell phone Okay Mm -hmm. That's like taking a picture of giant waves They never They never look they never look like what they really are. You know what I mean? It's always if it, it kind of it flattens everything out. But um,
0: here's how they all ate it. <laughs> That's a three-quarter ounce trap, Frank.
1: Oh my gosh! It oh, looks, here it looks like a quarter ounce or <laughs> look.
0: Look at that tilapia in that fish's mouth.
1: Oh yeah! Heck yeah!
0: We're gonna get flagged because they're gonna be like those aren't fish pictures. Uh <laughs> I sent you. Oh, here's the here's a here's a six. Look at this.
1: Yeah, that's that pop bar color. Yeah. You could go into the archives and see what color it was. Was it on the paint shop? Yeah. Yeah, you can go into archives and see what color that's called.
0: I mean, dude, we had we had numerous. Five-plus-pound doubles.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. That's nuts.
0: I sent you the nine, didn't I?
1: Oh, yeah, you sent it to me.
0: Oh, you want to see what two uh, five-pounders on one trap look like? Looks like that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. I mean... There you go.
0: I mean, oh the God. the problem was Darren was like we got to figure out how to take different pictures of these fish because they frick it all look the same because they're all you know what I mean
1: yeah they're all the same size that's the nine pounder
0: yeah that's the nine like that but jeez oh man it, what an what an epic trip dude it was a trip Nate he goes what does a trip like that uh, cost because I will pay for it um, so here's what we're here's what we're working on. Um, and I really, I honestly don't know what we're working on. I actually have a call today and we are uh, trying to put together a BTL trip for next year. And we're trying to get Frank down there and me. And I had, I actually had a couple other big name pros that were like, count me in on this. I want to book the place out and do a three day, four night BTL trip down there
1: so let me ask you a question did you bring your own rods
0: so here's the deal they have like 75 to 100 rods down there st croix bass pro shops all sorts of them and like when you get there you can go down and pick your rods out Mm -hmm. uh i had denali i shipped them to uh josh who owns the lodge in arizona i've never met him uh and then he drove him down to Bacarac and then sent him with one of his guys from backrack over to El Salto. And so it was like a kind of a one-off deal, mm-hmm. but I've got six of the Denali's down there now. But I mean, if we do it again, I'll have a bunch shipped down there too.
1: Yeah. Cause last, when I went, I, the last time you Take your I, own reels. Yeah. The last time I went, I, let's just say this, my rods never got back to me.
0: Yeah, no, I left them down there. They're down there right now.
1: Yeah, I, I brought mine back, and they never let. They never.
0: Oh, all right. I know this is a. Uh, we'll probably get fired for this. This is a uh, lure net show, but they don't even make a bait that's remotely. So this is one day of, uh, swim baits. Kai, show you're,
1: you're fired. No, yeah, go ahead, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's he one day. You got 30 pounds of swim baits laying in the bottom of the boat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's one
0: day of swim baits.
1: No, there's no lie. There's no lie about that. I, you can't possibly bring enough soft plastics. You you cannot possibly bring enough. That's why when, when I was down there, I was so grateful that they were on that fat free shad because, you know, I brought a couple dozen fat frees down with me and, um,
0: a bunch of plug knockers. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. There's like I think four lodges or three lodges down there. There's Ron Speed who's been down there forever, and then there's Pro Bass Adventures that's been down there for uh, thirty years. Uh, I think Josh has had it for a couple years. He's really working on back rack. He's got live scope on all the back rack boats. I talked to a guy who's been on like twenty trips. He's been to back rack a bunch before. He's just an old Texas dude. Very you know who was there at the lodge. Uh, learned a lot about backrack. It's more of like a deep canyon, clear lake. It's like a five-hour drive once you fly in. Uh, El Salto is the quality numbers lake. We fished out our ranger fishermen's. It's kind of cool. Like you get there and you're like, this isn't gonna work well because there's nothing in the front of the boat. Nothing. It's just a trolling motor, no foot control, no graph, nothing. And you're, you know, I'm in live scope. Trolling you're right you're right fish mode like 20 minutes in i was like dude this is this is like a cathartic religious experience because you're just fishing and you feel every single bite and and uh oh well our guide he's 28 his dad works there he's been doing it since he was a little kid he sits back there with his little remote around his neck and he controls the trolling motor drops up puts it down and all you do is fish and we we're catching 150 fish a day doing it so you're not crying no, it was fantastic. Yeah, everything. The lowest I I, I tied my uh, trap on eighteen pound test, uh, and you know caught him every every cast on it. Boy, now yeah. I will say this, like, okay, so we got a great week, right? Like everything was great. The weather's always good down there for the most part, but mm-hmm. everything was perfect. The fish were biting everything. My buddy Darren's been down there six times. One time he went down there, they averaged like five fish a day. Another time they went down there, they averaged like 20 30 fish a day they had another trip that was comparable to this week they had one that was good but not as good they had one where they caught bigger fish but not as many so like i can't i can't be like hey come down to el salto you'll catch 150 with a nine pounder a day because it's freaking fishing that's the tough part of it
1: well but but that's but that's the nature of the beast i mean let's let's be honest i mean that's just that's just how it goes um you, even on the best lakes around here, um, it's not all, you know, glitz and glory. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just not that way. Um, I mean, I've been on Lake Erie where I've caught, you know, five. And then, so I, you know,
0: I thought of me. you because there was a group <laughs> of guys from Louisiana down there. Cajuns. Okay. And one of the guys was smashing them on a jerk bait. Money. And, uh, he brought it into the lodge one day and he gave it. He's, you know, talking to Cage, he said, This is one. It was the oldest old school rogue that you could get. And it was the gold back orange belly floating rogue. And <laughs> he was out there twitching it on El Salto, catching 75 a day.
1: That's fantastic, man. <laughs> no chrome left on it. It was yeah. bone at the end no, of the day. It
0: never had any chrome. It was like that old one that had like the burnt orange on the belly with like the dark kind of brownish gold top yeah
1: yeah yeah okay i know exactly what you're talking about yeah
0: and he was twitching it around catching him it's really whatever whatever hit the water so anyway that's the trip i'm hoping because all this has to kind of get done quick i'm hoping we have something. if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and then i'll go down there and tell everyone about how amazing it is for the next five years because i'm kind of in for now like that's i'm going to kick off every season just to go down there for a week but hopefully we'll be able to
1: Nothing like knocking the rust off, right?
0: Yeah. Um ballpark cost like I want to say like three grand around there. It depends on how much your flight is. Like if you want to use if you want to use your flight uh benefits and stuff. Like I'm trying to work on like a three-day, four-night package deal. Who knows? I don't know. I'm being as honest as I can, Frank. I don't know if it'll come it's, through, but I I want you down there just hammered on seven ounce Pacificos and and margaritas telling stories and then going out and blasting them with day four and BTL viewers like that in my mind is the perfect scenario.
1: That's, that sounds like a really good time, man. It really does.
0: And the three grand for me that like, that includes the flight. Like Darren hooked me up with some points. So I didn't have to pay. for
1: Right. And you're, you're close. Like for, for me to get there, I would have to fly from here, probably into Texas and then Texas in
0: to Mazatlan yeah
1: yeah because there won't be a direct flight
0: so basically hopefully we can get a package together that's like hey this is how much so then the other thing that's weird is is it's you tip so you tip the ladies who do your food you tip your driver you tip the guys down at the dock your your uh guide for the weeks is what you're tipping so I brought uh it, it that the tips cost me 600 bucks
1: yeah. So, uh, what I wound up doing when I went to Aguamilpa was I gave him cash and lures because the guides there need the lures.
0: Now, supposedly, I probably shouldn't even say this. You weren't supposed to give your guide lures like it says it in the information. I gave my dude a reel. I gave him the rest of my line. I gave him a, a Denali reel. I gave him a couple packs of baits, the jig heads that we, whatever was basically out, I gave to him. Right. He right. didn't ask for them, I did it. Right. That's I'm what I did. Do I did. it or not, the dude kicked ass. I mean, he knows the lake like the back of his hand. Yeah. a freaking unreal guide. He spent his whole life out there.
1: That's exactly what I did. I brought down a suitcase full of lures and, and gave them all to the guide.
0: Yeah, there's no sneaky baits available down there. If you don't uh if you don't bring it, you don't get it. <laughs> like there's no like once you're there, you're there.
1: Yeah, there's sh- you're you're not buying nothing.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. but anyway to put a bow on it. I think the way I got it, this is a fishing, the Pro Bass Adventures, fishing lodge. Incredibly nice, clean accommodations, two beds, great working shower, great pressure, TV in each room, ice cold beer outside of the door every single day. Felt entirely safe. Everything worked. Really nice palm trees, really clean lodge, meals. Everything was perfect. If you're looking for like luxury, not luxury, you're here to fish.
1: Yeah, but it's, but it, it's better than most of the hotels you'll stay in when you're fishing, traveling around A hundred percent. I mean. hundred yeah.
0: percent. And the people down there are so freaking nice. Like they all work their tail off.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, They're, they're happy to, they're happy to accommodate.
0: Yeah. You know. It's a 10 out of 10 for me, Frank. So there's my 25 minute synopsis of El Salto.
1: No, that's super cool, dude.
0: That okay, here's the coolest cool. thing, and I promise I'm done. The <laughs> coolest thing, the coolest thing, it's like seven in the morning. You know, you see the other boats out there. There's, you know, there were probably 20 other guide, 20, 30 other guide boats out on the entire lake, but you get away. And I look at Darren one morning, and we're catching six pounders on freaking top waters. We're like, dude, we are on Lake El Salto in Mexico. There's less than 100 people in the world right now that are on what is arguably the best bass fishing lake as a whole. We're talking numbers and size, not the OHIV deal or all these others. Like that's a whole different animal, but just quality bass fishing, the best bass fishing lakes in the world. You're on one of the best, if not the best bass fishing lake in the world, one of a hundred people, it's seven in the morning, you're catching six pounders on top water. And you know that that is your only thing that you're going to do for the next three days. It's a badass feeling.
1: It is. It's fabulous. Cause you know, you know, one thing's for sure. You're going to eat good. It's not going to be pressure and you're going to catch the rat crap out of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other day, the other day I got out, I had to bust 400 yards of ice to get out. <laughs> so we're going to catch him. Yeah, I did. We're going to contrast <laughs> We're contrasting now where you All got, right, let's hear it. You got palm trees and beautiful weather and I'm, I'm, you know, it's 20 degrees out. I'm busting, you know, almost a three quarters of an inch of ice to get out. And, um, didn't, didn't really know if I was going to catch them or not catch them. Um, I had an idea I was going to catch them. Um, and the first, <laughs> the first bass I caught was over five pounds. And I was like, this is going to be a good day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like get out there and I got away from the ice and I'm, I'm freezing my ass off. And I'm like,
0: <sighs> you dragging or jerking
1: jerk. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm pausing it. And I got a wind bow in my line. And the windbow gets knocked out of my line.
0: Oh, <laughs> Dude, I lean,
1: in it, I lean in on it. I was like, oh shit, this is a good one, man. And so and I was by myself. And so here, look, I brought a net with me because it was so cold. I'm like, I am not getting my hands wet in the morning because they'll freeze. And Mm -hmm. so I brought in that with me and I scoop it in the net and I didn't realize, I knew it was a good one. I didn't realize how good it was until I scoop them up in the net and I go to lift them in the boat. You know how the net all of a sudden turns on you? You're like, oh, that's better than I thought, but it was, it was good. I I wound up putting 18 in the boat. I lost, yeah, I lost two. Um, I lost one, gargantuan one bigger than the biggest one i caught that day which was a little over five he every single solitary bite came on the paws every single bite i would just now i'm not jerking like you know wham doom doom wham doom that's not how you do it in the winter i'm just i'm pulling it i pull it about eight inches to a foot and a half okay that i just pull it Just enough for me to feel the, you know, the jerk bait wiggle a little bit, and you can feel that you can feel the rogue wiggle because it's got a really good lazy pitch and roll. So when you pull it, that's
0: what makes it so good in the cold weather. Even though it sucks to throw, that's the magic of the rogue. Is when you pull it, that action is. I mean, that's what I've always been told by the old timers.
1: It's a hundred percent accurate. Cause it's just lazy how it moves. So when you pull it nice and slow, you can feel it. Don't 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 don't. And then you leave it there. And it was, it was hilarious because they, they were calling for very light wind, which was BS. It was blowing <laughs> like, a like, a, you know, like crazy. And I, and I'll be honest with you. I mixed it up. I had, I had a, a handful of different. Style jerk baits on also because I had to switch jerk baits as I was switching terrain underwater structure. I needed some that would get a little bit deeper, some that would run a little shallower. Um, I, I had to cover certain, you know, depth ranges. So, anyway, the long and short of it, it was I had to leave early because I had to get home and, um. So I, I ran to another spot and I said, well, I'll have time. I'll make, you know, I'll fish for 30 yards. And then I gotta go and I catch a couple and I said, well, I'm gonna go over here. Last, last place. I'm gonna fish. I cast out there. I catch a three and a half pounder and let it go and put all my shit away and left and went home. And I was like, ah, my gosh.
0: (laughs) We're the only boat on the lake.
1: Yeah, yeah, That's I was. Awesome. Thank God. I hate. Um, I I hate this time of year when I go out and see another boat on the lake.
0: <laughs> just, because, just another boat doesn't matter. Just it doesn't matter. Thing.
1: I don't give a shit if it's a duck hunter. I hate it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. It's it's the middle of winter. You know what I mean? It's the middle of winter. Can just you guys just. St- stay home um i because i just i don't want to be in a hurry and i don't want to feel pressured um if if there's a lot of guys fishing around i get in a little bit of a hurry and the trick to winter time is to cover water but not cover water like you would in the warm months where you're trucking Mm -hmm. um you want to keep moving but you're very methodical and you're slow um because in the winter time the bass don't occupy as much of the water column it shrinks way down it's like eight to ten percent of the entire lake is where them fish will be yeah and so you have when you find them you have to slow down because there's going to be a lot of them there Yes, their metabolism slows down. And all that means, because you can't you can't decipher the difference in the bass's speed of a strike or anything in the wintertime versus the warm weather months. The only difference is they won't jump in the winter, not here. Um, they just, for whatever the reason, they do not jump.
0: They waller, um,
1: They barely come up to the top. They'll get, they'll come up to the top when you get them close, but that's just because of the angle of your line, you're pulling them up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they don't literally like, but that's the only discernible difference. So when people say their metabolism slows down, you got to slow way down. All that means is they don't require as much food in the winter time. So they don't need to eat as often. Um, that's really the basis of their slowdown, okay? They just don't feed as much. So what happens is you're around a lot more, so you catch them. Um, and that's really the deal of it. And and the, the, conversely, the other thing about fishing in, in the, I'm going to call it winter. The other thing about fishing in the winter is you could be completely wrong and you will not catch a thing nothing because you are absolutely not near them and so that's the tricky part about the winter time is finding those winter locations normally they'll stay the same from year to year where they winter unless there's a lot of fishing pressure um fishing pressure moves the bass so if you got a lot of pressure on the lakes in the winter time and guys keep catching them those fish don't stay there they're gone um and the worst thing is spreading them out because now they're not ganged up anymore so now Mm -hmm. you're now you're trying to catch one here and one there one here and one there and that that makes for a long day this time of year um ben Milliken was on your show a while ago and ben was talking about he didn't want the school to be moved and that's exactly he's a hundred thousand percent right i have seen this firsthand i was on a wad of fish one winter about four winters ago i was on i actually had three locations where they were i'm going to call it super stacked like you could literally go to each location and catch 50. okay word got out there was a lot of fishing pressure on the lake and i had to go peck for onesies and twosies because those mega schools were gone like they were gone gone um in fact on one of the schools i had broke one of the arms off of my a rig i had a fish on fighting them to the boat and it broke off so I lost the arm and the little jig head and my, my pulse minnow gone. Two days later, I was on the lake fishing. I was a half a mile from the mega school and I caught a, I caught one on the jerk bait and it was a good one. And I was fighting them in and I landed them and I got my arm and my <laughs> pulse half minnow a mile back, away, half a mile away. I, was absolutely stunned at how far that fish traveled in the end of December.
0: How old was, was the water temp? Like low forties? 38. 38. 38. 38. Where you think that the fish are just sitting on the bottom, not moving at all. That fish swam half, half, a, half mile. a mile.
1: And 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 I caught him on a jerk bait two days later. And yeah, Frankie Frankie was with me actually frankie got frankie got to experience a lot of um really good stuff when we were Mm -hmm. doing this experimental stuff it's been going we've been doing this now for you know a decade but in the beginning um the experimental stuff um you can graph you can definitely graph uh schools of bass in the winter now here i didn't have forward-facing sonar when i was doing all this and i would find them on my 2d and then i would back off of them and then i would make the appropriate casting um what i found is buoy.
0: would you throw a buoy where they are or just
1: no i would just back off of them because i made a track line over them and then when i spin the boat around here's a trick to do if you if you're if you don't have buoys here's a trick to do when you're when you're on 2d sonar the thing i the thing i like to do a lot is trolling motor over them you can idle over them if they're deep enough but i trolling motor over them and so when i get over them and i find them i'll go till they till i till they end and then i turn the boat around and i cross over my track line two times. And so I have junction points over my track line and I go, that's where the school started. That's where the school ended. And so on 2d sonar, now I could look at my track line and I know the quadrant that, 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 that school is in. Yeah. And and, and that's exactly right. You back off spot lock and catch them.
0: Read that read Frankie's comment.
1: Back off. Spot lock. Whack em, Move a little. Spot lock. Whack em, Move a little. rinse and repeat. <laughs> that's about that's that's a, last year we went to, last year him and I went we we were so fortunate
0: last he has such year, a skewed perception because he yeah, had la- you in the boat. <laughs> what? Boy, he has such a skewed perception of what it's really like. Because he learned with like you in the boat, right? So, yeah,
1: 100%. Last year, we last year, this is no bullshit. We went to a lake I'd never seen in my life. I get bored, I get bored easy. So, I, I'm like, I've never been here. It's kind of far. Let's just go anyway and just see. So, I Google Earth the thing and I'm looking at Google Earth and I, 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 I pick out like five places that i think i can catch them and so i i got my phone and i boop 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 you know what i mean on the mm-hmm. phone with the little things so we get to this place i've, I've no idea i've no idea i've never even seen where i go we're gonna have to go here first because this will be a more manageable spot and we go we run over there and shut the boat down, and I'm not kidding. The first fish I caught was like over five. I said, "Oh my God, you got to be shitting me!" And we plowed them. We absolutely plowed them. And we were coming back. And for shits and giggles, I said, "Well, let's just fish down the bank." And we we're coming back, and I don't remember if it was me or him. Um cause we caught so many fish. I honestly can't remember, but I, I either had one. I said, Ooh, I think I had one and he cast out and caught one. Or he said, I think I had one and I cast out and caught one. And we were just going down the bank catching them to be honest with you. I mean, it was stupid. It was really stupid, but it was, it was so much fun. It was, it was just so much fun.
0: Uh, Mr. Justin Fish and Uncle Frank, I'm out west 20 foot of visibility. Ooh, 20 foot of visibility. Yeah. Shad lake with temps in the low 50s. Which color rogue are you throwing?
1: If it's that clean, I'm going translucent and subtle. Um to be honest with you, all the effects colors have transparency to them. Your lake is going to show an, uh, an affinity for one over another. Um it's very difficult. It's very difficult for me to tell you without actually being on the lake. If you know your lake has leans towards certain color ranges, then pick out the rogues or the jerk baits of that color range first okay. and then start to deviate from that. Like I've got some lakes that have definite color preferences. Um, and if you throw another color, you might catch a couple. But you're not going to light the world on fire so you have to you have to stay within that hue range of your lake initially um that could change based on wind light refraction you know if you get a if you get that algae sometimes comes into play where it gives that greenish tint or or tannins if if there's a lot of leaves and trees there tannins could play so you just want to you want to start out that way Because it's really, it's really like I have favorite colors, but they don't translate in every lake.
0: Yeah. You you know how how that goes. I got a couple lakes where like colors I hate work. (laughs) Right. And then you're like, I'm not a pro blue fan. I hate like the pro blue color, but there's a couple lakes where they eat that color jerkbait.
1: Right. And you have to throw it because they're into that bluish, pearlish way that bait Mm -hmm. reflects. Here,
0: I'll show you. I, I don't know why. I'm not a huge fan of like that color of jerkbait.
1: Yeah. And that's, it's not a sexy colored. It's not, but there's a couple
0: lakes where they hammer that color better than any other color.
1: You better have it. There's no lie about that. We, I got a lake here that if you're not throwing that, you're not going to catch one.
0: Uh, are you cool with answering a couple more like hard hitting questions? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Uh, drunk would like to know if you get into the nog during the holiday season.
1: I'm not an eggnog fan. Um, I like it, but I'm not an eggnog fan. Um, my, Unfortunately, um, I'm a beer guy. Every now and then I do a little whiskey, but I'm a beer guy.
0: Uh, Clay is somewhat offended that you did not put the uh, rogue eyes on the new FX series in those six and would like to know if there's a reason why you went with the round eyes
1: yeah i went with the round eyes because i want the thing to look real in the water um you know no no when i created the fx series i had to differentiate it from just standard colors and part of it was to because there's no recessed eyes so i couldn't add 3d eyes now i can do it for myself because i grind out a pocket and put the 3d eyes in but for production purposes no bueno because they're not changing a mold for an eyeball Mm -hmm. so I needed to make it look more realistic and here's the funny thing about that statement because I want to address it Clay's the first guy (laughs) Clay's the first guy to complain about the eyes not being like the original eye on the rogue everybody else loved the fact that it was not the original eye
0: I would expect nothing less from clay.
1: So I think, I think it's a flip of a coin, but no, I designed the colors and I wanted the bait to look to have more of a realistic (laughs) presence.
0: Kyle talked about this earlier in the show, but I wanted to return to it because it's a question that I have. He talks about bass when they're sitting with their bellies in the mud and they're hard to see. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off of that question and ask you, when do the bass sit with their bellies in the mud on the bottom? I've seen videos of it. We've all caught fish right. with chunks of mud on their bellies. When do they do that?
1: It's, it's more of a neutral or a negative mode. Um, When the, when the barometric pressure gets them all jacked up, um, they have a tendency to do that. Uh, it's not, they're not non-catchable. They're just very neutral or very negative. Um, It's not like the... Sometimes you could run a bait over top of them and they might lift off the bottom but go back down. That's the giveaway. Um, 2D sonar, it looks like the bottom's moving. If you're trolling, motoring, and you're on top of them, it's just like when we ice fish for walleyes. If a walleye comes in and he's on the bottom, it just looks like the bottom's doing something. And you're like, well, we're not moving. We're on the ice.
0: You Mm -hmm. know what
1: I mean? That's a fish. And then you drop the spoon down there and you start doing the spoon. And all of a sudden that thing starts coming up and you get them. Um, Bass are the same way. You know what I mean? They do the same thing.
0: Nate would like to know how much of winter fishing is timing. Like if you find that eight to 10%, but it's at the wrong time, won't you miss them?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, because well, what? Ha- well, here's the thing, okay? If you found them, you didn't miss them. You okay. found them. Um, the 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 problem with wintertime fishing is um, the weather in the winter really can screw you up or help you. Um, a very cold night with no wind puts ice on the lakes up here. It puts ice on the lakes. If there's too much ice on the lakes, the ice could grow, doesn't grow. The ice could form over areas that you want to fish. And that's a that's a flip of a coin. Um, I mean, a couple years ago I went out and the area that I had to fish at was glazed over completely. And I idled around a million times, cracked all the ice, got a push-pull, started shoving ice away. I opened up a whole section of lake to fish and i had to come back two hours later when the wind moved all that broken ice out of there i had to come back two hours later and fish and i didn't know if i was going to catch one or not and I, I wound up catching them but but i've done that before and not caught them because i created such a commotion
0: grant says that his lake is unseasonably low and he is completely lost appreciate the honesty. He fishes a lot of bluffs, but cannot find the fish. Uh, Do you need more information? Like what part of the country it is? What type of lake it is?
1: Do you freeze? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay, I'm That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, okay. So here's the, here's the thing. Okay. Um, Here,
0: hold on. Have Grant give you more information. What do you need to know? Okay. And then we'll go to a couple other questions and we'll circle back to it.
1: All right, Grant. So question one, do you freeze? Does the water get ice on it? Uh, Question two, unseasonably low. Does that mean it's a foot low or six feet low? Okay, Virginia, rare freeze. Okay, so all right, so here we go. Uh, So so what happens is, oh, is there grass in the lake? Is it a grass lake?
0: This is great questions. You're learning just by answering.
1: Right. Okay, so he's five to six feet low. Is it a grass lake, Grant?
0: Oh, the anticipation is palpable.
1: I know. And if so, how deep does the grass grow?
0: No grass. Highland. Okay. More. okay. That's all you need, right? You're good on that. Right? Yeah,
1: we're good okay. now. Okay. So so what you're going to have to look at, because now because now the lake is low. So a lot of the places. Um,
0: I'm going to start on the original question. Okay.
1: So a lot of the places that the bass may hold now, they're not going to utilize because they don't have the water over top of them that they want to have over the top of them. So two things occur. Either you go to the same places that you catch them and back off, or you look at how the structural element lies to where you catch them at the normal water level of that for that time of year. Now pretend the lake is that the level it's at now is normal. And then go look at places that look exactly the same as it did when the water level was up.
0: You but bluffs me? are weird, right? He says he fishes a lot of bluffs. Shouldn't the bass still be on the bluffs, even Not, if it's five foot low?
1: They should, unless they want, unless they're more comfortable with 20 feet of water over their heads instead of 10. Or, okay. you, you know what I mean? It's, it's a comfort zone, okay? So, in the wintertime, bass are looking for a couple of things food, comfort, and security. So is it a river is it a river impoundment is there current in the place because if there's current the current will position the fish for you if there's not much current and it's basically only wind generated that's another thing so when they when they're lowering the water there's going to be current that'll position the fish differently conversely if the water's coming up it's going to change the fish's position on stuff because now the current's reversing. It's going the opposite way.
0: Okay. So where are you going? The next, if let's say he's going this weekend, where are you going to start looking then? It's not on the bluffs. It's six foot low, Highland reservoir, no grass, Virginia.
1: I'm going to find areas that look exactly the same when the water's the right level. Okay. In other words, if you're fishing a place and you're normally catching them now and it's, and it's okay. The, no current lake being low okay so so now just base just remember this so let's say your boat was in 22 feet and you're casting to 15 feet under normal water level for that time of year they drop at six feet so now you take that as the normal level so now you look for places that are going to look and behave exactly the same with your boat in that 22 foot mark or wherever that boat position is Okay. and start there and and so you can narrow down smaller areas of the lake and and cover it that way you'll know you'll know <laughs> you, you'll know you'll pretty much know what the first three or four stops you make if you're right or wrong and if you have electronics um depending on if it's 2d forward or what have you um If the fish are suspending, you'll see them. And if there's bait present, you'll see the bait. And if you see the bait, you're getting close.
0: Uh, Here's an interesting question. Bank fishing in winter.
1: Okay. So this is a great question because there's there's tons of bank guys. Mm -hmm. So the place I'm going to look for in the winter, if I'm off the bank, is something that has deep water access very close to where Keep I'm Keep rolling. I'll be right back. All right. So I'm going to look for something that has deep water access close to where I'm fishing, but I want to have some structural element of a flat nearby. So these fish have a tendency to gravitate from that edge, from the deep water edge to the shallow water edge to feed. Another key thing to remember on lakes that don't experience big drastic drawdowns you can still catch bass shallow so if there's if you find blowdowns that are on channel banks not blowdowns on the back pocket of a flat that's you know six inches deep something on a channel bank where the bass could just suspend in the tree or or unsuspend and get down the break that's a high percentage place to fish so bank anglers, you want to look for an area that has deep water access, some shallow flats nearby. When I say nearby, if you're standing on an, air, in an edge, and then you should be able to cast to the flat edge or cast to the deep edge. Something that gives you, so you're fishing that transitional area. And then, and then if it's a grass lake, you want to look where the grass is broken. And where you have clean zones, because the bass will be in those clean zones, using the grass edges to travel.
0: All right. Andy is in Kentucky. He fishes mostly darker water. What would be the best bait to use during this time of the year?
1: Okay. So dark water doesn't mean dirty. Let's let's clear that up first. Muddy water is bad in the winter. And muddy water is like, when you look at it, it looks like coffee and cream. That's muddy water. Dark water could be tannin. It could just be dark water. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still clear. You, you put a bait in it and you're like, oh man, I can see that down four or five feet. Um, you're still, you're still gonna be using the same stuff. Jerk baits, a rigs, um, blade baits. You're still gonna use the same stuff in dark water. So that's not really going to change. Oh, that's the same question.
0: Yeah, I just started back
1: up there. Yeah, that's not going to change. I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big, you know, jerk. Here, look, if you, I'm gonna make this simple, real simple. Okay. I'm going out. It's the winner. A rig, jerk bait, jig, some type of sparky head system. Um, you can use um, you can use uh, Gray Lakes Finesse Craw because the pinchers float. You just put it right on a jig head. You throw it out there, and you slide it along the bottom. Mm-hmm. Not quite like snatching a tube, like when you you, you drag a tube. Um, you slide it along the bottom. When you come in contact with some debris, you just gradually shake it and move it through. If it's grass, it'll just poof right through the grass. Um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much what I'm doing. And are
0: five, you? That's yeah, clear.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if you've got five or six visibility, five or six foot visibility, um, I would be all about a jerkbait and a jig.
0: A darker water that. Are you not more apt to throw gold?
1: Um, I've got a lake. That's, that, is that just me? Uh, no. I've got a lake that's that it, it's it's a gold lake i mean it's just a gold lake um and that water ranges from looks like coca-cola to dark green depending on what the wind does to the dang thing um and gold works really well in that lake in both of those conditions but when i'm throwing minnow style baits i'm still throwing naturals i'm still throwing real natural bait fish looking stuff
0: Mm -hmm. Nick's going straight for the jugular. He just wants to straight up know what you're throwing on Erie right now.
1: <laughs> well, Nick, I'm going to just tell you right now. This time of year, um, probably blade baits, tubes, and a rigs. I, I mean, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to beat a blade this time of year on the lake. It, it, it just it just really is. All right. um, and, and let's I don't run
0: ha- through your favorite blade bait. I've, I've got lure net pulled up here. What am I searching in for? If we were just going to pull up, if you, you're going to buy two blade baits, am I searching?
1: J- okay. So just go, just go to head and sonar.
0: It's a, so it's called a sonar.
1: Yeah. The head and sonar,
0: the head and rattling flash sonar, the head and, Oh, head and sonar. Okay.
1: Yeah, just pull it up and just go right to Fire Tiger. Fire Tiger, and then go from Fire Tiger, one, two, three, four, five, five over. So, so Fire Tiger, that one, and the one right next to it. Those are, that's, those are my three
0: favorite colors and uh hold on here i gotta do i gotta do some stuff here um so should you choose to purchase any of those head and sonars before the end of the uh 2023 year there happens to be a uh, LureNet loyal listener code which is capital btl23 which allows you 15 percent off regularly priced items at lurenet.com
1: right so so that so so i'm going half ounce and three quarter and I don't throw anything ever lighter. So go Fire Tiger. Um I forgot what I I forgot my color name for that one. <clears throat> I don't remember what I called that. I one. don't
0: know. It doesn't really show up.
1: <clears throat> but um now that now now the lemon
0: I, lime shad.
1: Okay, so lemon. lemon lime shad. So there you Fire
0: go. Fire tiger, lemon lime shad and now that's a
1: good one in a gold color lake because it gives you that purple hue to it too <clears throat> but but if i'm but uh, if you, Chartreuse,
0: here, black stripe
1: yeah that's th- those three are my favorite for lake erie bar none and then and then I, what i do which you don't have to do but what i do is i'll i'll put a split ring on And, um, so I, yeah, I'll put a split ring, no, a split ring on the hook hangers.
0: Oh, on the hook hangers. Yeah. Because they've got those goofy folded over hooks.
1: Yeah. So I, so here's why I do that because you're always banging that thing into the rocks and the hooks dull. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be able to change them out. Yeah. that's And so that's what I do. And, and I, like I said, I, I don't throw nothing less than a half ounce ever.
0: Um, Caden, there are several, uh, BTL day fours with Frank scalish that are hours of nothing but blade bait talk. Um, you can probably Google that or I would message, uh, Oh, you can just go into the BTL thing and go through all of them and figure out which one it is yeah so uh scott turdo has the list um the list is on i don't know where the list is he's got a list that has every single topic on it
1: yeah so the weird thing is is that sometimes you're dragging it like a carolina rig sometimes i'm i'm lifting and dropping um sometimes i slow reel it and let it bang into stuff as i'm slowly reeling it your structural element that you're fishing and how steep the structure is is going to determine more your retrieve rate. If I'm fishing a very steep break, you have to lift and let it fall, lift and let it fall. Mm-hmm. If I'm fishing a gradual slow bump, you can drag it like a Carolina rig over the bump. So, so how, what you're fishing is kind of really going to determine that.
0: Uh, Brown's got a shot this year.
1: Dude. Okay. So we're going to trans. We're going to translate into a small, tiny, very short sports section here.
0: Transition.
1: Transition. As soon as I cough and clear. My Translates
0: what I was doing in Mexico all last week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So you have to remember something. The Browns, 27% of the Browns' salary is on injured. They're not playing. We've got one first string guy on the front of the O-line. Okay, we're a mess and we're still winning games, which I attribute a lot of that to Flacco because he's very calm and cool under pressure. I
0: mean, he was like hanging out at home doing nothing. Right. And then they brought him back like he was just hanging, hanging out.
1: Well, he he didn't retire. He just wasn't picked up by anybody yet. Um, And so and so, you know, there you just have to remember the Browns are absolutely tattered their most of their first string offense is not even in the game um and, and our defense is so phenomenal that the defense is keeping us in the game and so and with flacco the guy's smooth i, I don't yep. he's smooth man he doesn't he doesn't get rattled i want his demeanor in the classic dude where nothing He's like, ah, oh, I threw two interceptions. Uh, we're losing. Eh, we'll come back. We'll get him. And then he and then he marches down the field and bam, bam, bam. Um, and so that's. I think the Browns have a chance. I would love to see them get more healthy, um, because because the reality of the, our division is it's so tight. One lost game could 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 hurt you.
0: What were you doing on the last play of the game on that Browns game?
1: Swearing, throwing shit. Um, (laughs) At the third quarter, the third quarter, I said – I'm not watching the. I can't watch these. I can't watch them play anymore. And I went and I put the lights up on the Christmas tree for the third quarter. And then I hear my wife starting to scream and holler. So I go back in there and I watch the rest of the rest of the game. And it was it was fabulous. I mean, I'm not going to say look. It was a hail mary pass that went awry, and we we got the ball. It. I'm not going to call it luck but there's a lot of luck involved in that so we won a w is a w whether it's by one ounce or 10 pounds a win is a win so we'll take it
0: All so right, are we?
1: i got one cool. w- one other thing and then we could do whatever you want okay okay since we're in the sports area right now i watched a documentary and i that is absolutely addictive and phenomenal it's called welcome to wrexham
0: yeah i've been talking about that for months dude that's is that the best yeah with ryan reynolds
1: yeah if you guys get a chance to watch this you won't regret
0: it i've talked about it at least a half dozen times on the show and i have never in my 39 years of life sat down and watched 90 minutes of a soccer game
1: dude that documentary not only is it hilarious it's it's hilarious because of the two the, yep. the two actors that bought the team um
0: hulu watch it on hulu
1: yeah but they go into they do such a good job with building the character of the sports players to the city to the fans it reminded me of being a cleveland browns fan where you just spent the last 20 freaking years pulling your hair out for nothing because nothing good ever happens. And then, and, and so there was a lot of that anxiety of being that team sports fan that I could relate to, but it was fabulous. It was a fabulous documentary.
0: Have you watched all of season two? Yes. Oh, so you've watched all of it. Do not give it away.
1: No, I've I've watched all of it and I can't wait for season.
0: It's three. like 30 episodes.
1: Oh yeah, and it's worth each every season. It's worth every minute of it.
0: Oh yeah. I've so the other day I was scrolling through Hulu and they uh, the other day, sometime in the past six months. I was scrolling through Hulu and they actually just had that game on. It was like Wrexham versus FC Nova Scotia or whatever. That's not the right term, but it's
1: not, but go ahead. It
0: was like an actual, their actual game. And I watched it and I was like, that's cool. I'm going to be able to watch like this part of this game in the documentary next season.
1: Oh, it's, fa- it's fabulous. It's fabulous. I can't,
0: did you ever see yourself on a, uh, on a podcast and a web show talking about soccer? Not in a million
1: free. not in a million years my daughter played soccer in high school and I hated every minute of it um <laughs> yeah I, I I just i have to tell but i but i am a I'm a fan now that's the <laughs> I'm a fan now because now I have a different appreciation for what they go through
0: oh my god that was legendary yeah <laughs> Uh you New got shirt. anything else? So I'm trying to figure out uh you have to go, you gotta go get your boat registered for 2024. Um what uh what's Nick's what's up with the merch? Says he coaches soccer. Uh, we're gonna do a pre classic drop. Okay. We're gonna do a pre classic drop for the merch. So look for the merch coming the beginning of February.
1: Yeah, I gotta get we gotta get together. you good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. We got to get together because or at least talk about it because I gotta I gotta make all my arrangements for the classic.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of classic stuff coming. Okay, here's the other thing we probably should have done off air. Are we doing anything before the end of the year? Like today's the eighteenth. Like I said, the twentieth I'll be in uh California. The twenty seventh I'll be in Illinois. And then it's the end of the year. We might be able to slide something in like the 27th and 28th. Are you around then?
1: Yeah, I should be.
0: Okay. Sometime between the 27th or 28th, somewhere right around there. Let's do an end of the year extravaganza. When I know exactly, I have no clue what my life plan is right now. When I know when I'll be home, I'll be home for like 12 hours. And... (laughs) what no i'm serious and oh that's
1: why i'm laughing dude i can't live like you live man there's I, not enough structure
0: you know what i decided <laughs> this year there's a lot of shit that i've wanted to do that i haven't done and the greatest thing i've done this year is i've done it and i've went and i've done it and i've traveled and the guys who you know you always have those guys that go we need to go do this and that well i've called them up and said let's go do this and let's go do that and it's the greatest thing yeah, you, ha-
1: you have to remember, dude, you you know, you're single. You have no ties tying you to that, you know, to your home. You have no ties there. You could do whatever you want. You're single.
0: Well, I mean, I have Courtney, but I mean, like, I have no kids, I'm not married.
1: Right. But, but, yeah. but, but, no, she's very supportive. Know, even if you were married with no kids, it's easier to get out. Oh,
0: yeah, it's a lot easier than yeah. when you have small children that it, it see, just seems to me like kids kids like expect to be clothed and fed and have shelter. Well, what, they're so neat. Those
1: rotten bastards. Can you believe that? I no, the, the reality of it is, is that, um, you know, you, the more responsibilities you have, then I don't want to say the less freedom you have, but the less spontaneity you have.
0: Yeah. So January is a disaster. Cause I may or may not be pre-practicing some of the, open stuff and then everything kicks off like february 1st so the end of january (laughs) then i'll be in florida and then it's like open open classic open
1: we're gonna have to um we're gonna have to figure this out so right now we'll we'll do this off the air we'll figure it out
0: all right somewhere somewhere like 27th or 28th because i'm doing uh, Turnpike Troubadours I believe on either the 28th or 29th Live at Billy Bob's The world's largest honky-tonk doubted <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Doubted, Texas Outstanding. I gotta gotta break out the dancing shoes And the and the uh, buffalo plaid
1: Perfect <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I feel like you're laughing at me And not with me, Frank
1: It might be a little of both
0: all right i'm just transparent
1: it might be a little of bold
0: all right i think we should cue some music up before things get really out of hand
1: yeah they're going that way
0: (laughs) all right thanks for jumping on btl yeah do you have to go to the dmv in ohio in december
1: dude anytime you go to the dmv it's a process i i don't like it good luck thank you (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, this has been another edition of Day 4 with the man, Frank Scalish. We'll see everybody later. See you, Frank.
1: Adios.